I'm Dave Breckenridge, and you're listening to 10-3. Two of Canada's most prominent conservative leaders met in Calgary last week in front of hundreds of cheering supporters. Doug Ford and Jason Kenney had one politician top of mind, Justin Trudeau, and his planned carbon tax scheme. We look at how the rally frames the debate around the federal climate plan and what it means for elections next year. It's Thursday, October 11th. Rick Bell is a political columnist for the Calgary Sun. So, Rick, what was the purpose of getting Doug Ford and Jason Kenney together for a rally? Well, the advertised purpose was that, of course, Jason Kenney's bill number one, if he gets elected in Alberta, is to scrap the carbon tax. Yeah. And Doug Ford is on the same wavelength. And Jason Kenney's been talking a lot of late about how, you know, he's not crazy for wanting to get rid of the carbon tax because look what Saskatchewan's doing. Look what Manitoba's doing. Look what Ontario's doing. Look on what New Brunswick's probably doing. Look on what everybody's probably doing except maybe Quebec and BC. Mm-hmm. So I think there was this idea that the, carb- the getting rid of the carbon tax wasn't this nasty, horrible, you don't like Mother Earth, weird, far right wing <laughs> piece of work. Yeah. It, was, it was actually uh, something that has a broad national consensus and the momentum is going to the anti-carbon tax people rather than the pro-carbon tax people. And, of course, to bring Doug Ford in, what a draw. Now, there were a lot there because they they wanted to hear Jason Kenney, but there were also people that normally might not have come, but they came because they wanted to hear Doug Ford. They'd heard all about Ford Nation and all of that stuff, and they wanted to hear what he had to say. So you were there last week for this rally. Um, Why don't you kind of set the scene for us a little bit where where in Calgary was it how big a space was it about how many people were there kind of what was it what was it like it was that it was at the BMO Center which is as you know is on the Calgary Stampede grounds it uh, was a very very big room I would say it, there was 1500 people maybe more it was standing room only there were 200 outside the room that were not allowed in because of fire code issues it was a Friday night on a long weekend. And I was quite amazed that they had that kind of attendance. And it was a crowd, as I've said, that had a lot of people that, let's put it this way, there were more cowboy hats than I usually see. There were more ball caps than I usually see. There were more hockey jerseys than I usually see, including some Oilers ones, by the way. There were people... A few people who wore Make America Great Again Trump hats. Wow. And they were told to remove them. So the only one I saw actually wearing a a Trump hat was a 14-year-old kid. And he had put an I Love Oil sticker on top of the Make America Great Again motto on his hat. And it it had a little bit of that feel where, what do you guys think of this? Boo! (laughs) What do you think of this? Yeah! And, what, and this is what I think about Trudeau. Yes. Now let me say a couple words about the federal liberals. From, from day one. <laughs> you know, there was all this sort of uh, dynamic pitch and catch yeah. uh, with, with, with the crowd as well. And I will tell you, with all due respect to the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford is not 
God's gift to public speaking. I mean, neither was Ralph Klein, but Doug Ford is a pretty poor public speaker. I actually had a check against delivery speech. He left out two pages. He left out a few of his best, what I thought would have been his best lines. And when I talked to people afterwards, Dave, nobody, but nobody cared. Hmm. They were there to hear him. And they weren't there to hear just about the carbon tax. What, what he was saying that really got them were things that reflected his attitude. They wanted to hear about, he hates Trudeau. They wanted to hear about, he's not the kind of guy that'll take us to take a bus when we bellyache about a carbon tax. They were, he was the kind of guy that said, they're picking your pockets or they're trying to get you to live your life differently than the way you live it now. They want you to trade in your pickup truck for a smart car. It was those kinds of things that appealed to them. And also the fact he was unapologetic. And he did say that the left wing will try to get you to apologize for being conservatives. And don't do it. They're coming after you. But fight them back. So there was also that sort of combative uh, approach Change has finally come to our province, and a new day has dawned in Ontario. Ontario finally has a government for the people. So a lot of the people there, even my, my buddy uh, who had, uh, my buddy meaning I interviewed him, who had a Czar Lake Bullarama shirt on, which by the way, for bull riding fans, that's a big deal. <laughs> even he said the same thing. He said, at the end of it, I said, what did you think? He actually said, he's not that good a speaker. I, 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 maybe he had a couple of pops or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I sure like his attitude. And by the way, Rick, if he did have a couple of pops, that would just make him a good old boy. Much as the reaction to Ralph Klein in days gone by. You know, there was that sort of reaction. We'll be right back. I want to tell you about a discount we're offering exclusively for 10.3 listeners on all Post Media digital subscriptions so you can get access to more great reporting on the issues that matter to you. When subscribing to the National Post, the Ottawa Citizen, the Montreal Gazette, the Saskatoon Star Phoenix, Regina Leader Post, Edmonton Journal, Calgary Herald, or the Vancouver Sun, just enter promo code PODCAST and you'll get 50% off a one-year digital subscription. It's a great way to stay informed. Again, that's promo code PODCAST. Now, back to the rally and and kind of the the fallout from it or the impact of it. Do you think that having Doug Ford come to Calgary to talk to uh, Alberta Conservatives does Kenny any damage beyond his base? I know that the the governing NDP was trying to make hay out of it, and we don't want Ontarians here telling us what to do, um, even though that they have plenty of Ontarians <laughs> working uh, within their government. But, um, you know, you look at some of the things that Doug Ford has done in the first few months of his uh, tenure as Premier of Ontario, and not all of it has been popular with everybody. I mean, he, he's basically said, we're going to do away with changes to sex ed curriculum. We're going to cut the size of Toronto City Council. And if the courts don't go my way, I'm going to invoke the notwithstanding clause. There, it, He's been controversial. Does, does the controversy around Doug Ford hurt Kenny in any way beyond 
the conservative base here? Well, that's a great question because there are worry. You know, I as you as you know me well, I don't give a damn what the NDP think. But uh, but <laughs> but as far as there were people in the conservative family, even here in Alberta, who were uh, you know scared. You know, whoa, Doug Ford, you're bringing Doug Ford of all people. It's going to be like a flipping Trump rally. Oh, my God, what's happening? And here we're 20 points up in the polls. Why would you do this? They're going to make hay out of it. Um, I I mean, and that there was there was that sort of scaredy cat thing. Well, I think two things. Number one, I don't think that's going to be the ballot question. I think uh, in the election, I, I don't know if whether Doug Ford uh, came here or not will have much sway. And I think that Jason Kenney invited him very clearly for one thing. Now, he did many things, and he stands for many things, and he's going to act on many things. But he was brought in purely as a carbon tax, anti-carbon tax ally. So Jason Kenney can just say, look it, I brought him in. I could bring Brian Pallister in. I could bring Premier Moe in. I, you know, and, and they could talk as well because we're all united on this file. Now, if Doug Ford has other policies he's doing, well, that's his right. That's, that's being a premier in another province. But I think he can always go back to the fact that the reason, the stated and advertised reason that Doug Ford came was to show that the premier of the biggest province in Canada, unbelievably Ontario, can you believe it? is actually on the same side as Alberta and others in fighting the carbon tax, and that will be bill number one if Kenny gets elected. So I think he's going to focus on that and not worry so much about, you know, Doug Ford's other policies. Those are other policies. These are just carbon tax allies. Just like in a war, you have allies. You don't necessarily agree with everything they do. You don't necessarily go through everything they do. You make allies on the common cause and the common cause is the carbon tax and getting and getting rid of it. And you, you raise a good point. It's been a, quite a while, I think, since Alberta and Ontario had premiers who were of similar philosophical uh, stuff. Um, and we might at- win and we might win. Could you imagine Alberta actually winning sometime? I mean, we're, we've, we've been beat up so many times in so many ways. And I think that was another thing that came out. I mean, right now, people are not very happy here. With the, with the pipeline situation. And even when you play ball, and even when you have a carbon tax, and even if when you play nicey-nicey with Trudeau, you still get screwed. So there was still that element too. So here there's an alternative story being showed, which is don't cozy up to Trudeau. Don't try to prove you're the, you know, you're the most carbon taxi place in the universe. Instead, me and my boys are going to come out and fight this thing. And that energizes the crowd and the base. That's true. And you, you talk about ballot questions. Um, are they shaping up or are they trying to do two things? Shaping up a ballot question for Alberta in the spring of 2019 and then looking ahead to the ballot question against Trudeau in the fall of 2019? Or is this, is this specifically for an Alberta audience, do you think? No, I think it's I think it's both. I think again, as advertised, it starts as as a question for the provinces, but then it it flows over to, of course, the election happening uh, next fall, federally as well. So I think it's I think it's both. 
But mm-hmm. but but Kenny is obviously thinking, look at I can't be part of the great anti-carbon tax coalition if I don't win. So the first thing is to to get all the pieces lined up, he has to win. But once he wins, then I think you have a, on one stream you have these anti-carbon tax provinces and then you also then have the battle of why why not just boot Trudeau on office and make it real easy for everybody. So there is that element as well. So it's like one shoe drops and then the other shoe drops. But the first one is, of course, getting Kenny, because then you have the Alberta, Ontario, and the other provinces, and you have the coalition. Now, is it easier to to make Trudeau the enemy in this for Kenny? Is that an easier fight for him on the carbon tax than uh, Premier Notley? Yes, yes, yes. Because despite the many and manifold sins of the New Democratic Party in Alberta, Notley still has some personal popularity. Mm-hmm. Trudeau, mm, not so much. So I think it's much more effective to go after Trudeau. Notley, I think, was mentioned once in the speech, whereas Trudeau was mentioned far more often. And when Trudeau was mentioned, it was boo, hiss, <laughs> ah, uh, get rid of him. And, you know, it was, uh, the, the crowd was, was animated. I mean, he's the, he's the big dog in the fight, number one. And number two, he's Trudeau and a federal liberal. Notley still gets some credit for trying on the pipeline. I myself think she took the wrong strategy, but she still gets some credit. And she still liked personally, I think, better than Trudeau is in Alberta. Yeah. And now one last question for you. You've covered politics at, at all three levels, municipal, provincial, federal, for for a long time. Can you remember going into uh, a federal election where you had at least potentially four premiers, maybe five, if Kenny wins, if uh, New Brunswick gets on the anti-carbon tax bandwagon, you got uh, five premiers uh, actively essentially campaigning against one of the prime minister's biggest policies in the advance of a federal election. Can you remember the last time that that really happened? No, not, not, not in the way that it's shaping up now. Mm-hmm. No. And I think, and I think that's why this federal election, uh, we talked about how the Alberta election is going to be uh sis boom bang. But I also think the federal election is going to be, very, very uh, animated, let's say, to be polite for a change. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be that way for that reason. This is going to be more than just a, oh, what do they believe? Oh, they believe that and the other one believes that? Well, dear, let's see, which one shall we vote for? Uh, <laughs> it, won't, it won't be those kind of uh, conversations uh, in suburban households next year. It'll be something far more personal, uh, far more direct, far easier to understand than other elections, at least, at least in recent elections. Yeah. Well, Rick, always fascinating to talk politics with you. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. Here's what else is happening. Former Canadian Governor General Mikhail Jean says she's continuing her campaign for re-election as head of the Organization of French-Speaking Nations despite losing support at home. The governments of Canada and Quebec announced they would not be backing Jean's re-election bid as Secretary General of La Francophonie. Jean had been dogged by allegations of lavish spending during her time as head of the organization, 
after it was revealed by media outlets in Quebec that she spent half a million dollars renovating her rented Paris residence and 20 grand on a piano. Jean is running for the post against Rwandan Foreign Minister Louise Mushikiwabo. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama and Carrie Ann Sprawl. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.